So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. It's been seven hours and fifteen days Since you took the credit card away I can't go out at night and spend your money Since you took the credit card away Since it's been gone, I can buy whatever I want. Cause you took the credit card away. I can't eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. Cause I have no way to pay for it. Because your first husband's Your first husband was a tool <laughs> <laughs> That honestly may be one of the most epic moments that this podcast is ever going to see. You can't see us, honey. Here? Yes. All right, I like it. <laughs> okay. You better call the lawyer on that one. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to be in some trouble. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 25 of the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast, the world-famous So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. That's the silver anniversary. It's really, 25 years, but I mean, episodes, years, we're alcoholics, accounts. Any reason to celebrate us? Our podcast has reached the quarter century mark. That's pretty amazing. That is amazing. I, I gotta be honest with you. When we started this six months ago, I was like, if you and I can just, well, really, if I can just become a better person and learn how to communicate effectively with you without being a complete asshole, like yep. this will be a success. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's literally like, mind-blowing the the again the amount of feedback that we get and the fact that people are taking time out of their days to reach out to two complete strangers really means a lot to me definitely to you obviously to us as as a unit a unit yeah do you I, like that i do i don't a marital unit i like it honey you know, it's just, it's really special because we are obviously striking a chord with people, and that's amazing. We are. We got a ton of really touching feedback uh, over the past week, so we will share some. We did, and we will certainly get into that, but first, you know, I like to do a little housekeeping stuff. Housekeep away. I like it. I wish you would housekeep by taking the trash out. I I'm the only one that takes the trash out. What the fuck are you talking about? I know. We always wait till it's super full. Or like right now there's a big dog shit in it. A big old dump. <laughs> this morning Birdie comes up and she's licking my face. And I'm like, okay, girl, do you have to go out? So I get up. I put my slippers on. I go to take her out. Nope, nope. She was licking my face to tell me 
She already shit on the kitchen floor. <laughs> Big runny one. <laughs> and unfortunately for Birdie, we were going to be out all day. And they, her bowels were a bit loose. And I was like, this could end poorly. But actually, it was okay. It was okay. Because as we've discussed previously, I have the world's worst asshole. You do. And I gave her some of my private stock of Imodium. Which is a big share for you. It is a big share. And so she did not shit in the house while we were gone. <laughs> Poor thing's probably not going to shit for another week. No, I mean, she ate a corner of the couch, but like that wasn't that bad. Sorry, mommy. Get us a new couch. No, I can't even. Anywho, back to the housekeeping Sorry. items. Sorry, go ahead. Housekeep away. So thank you very much to the listeners, obviously. Really appreciate that. Continue to provide us with feedback, as, again, previously discussed. We appreciate the negative feedback almost as much as we appreciate the positive feedback. And just so you know, when we do write back your emails, we like talk about them, lament over them. Like we put a lot of thought into that. There's sometimes, a lot of work behind it. Yeah. Sometimes there's tears involved. Sometimes there's not. Name calling. A lot of name calling. <laughs> just kidding. Not really. Okay. But thank you again. We really appreciate it. Continue to like, listen, share, follow us. By the way, it's so I married an alcoholic at Gmail is the contact info. And then, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. I know. All of which are so I married an alcoholic. We're also really excited to share that we will be having Britt James coming on next week. Yes. So Britt James is a, I think technically he identifies as an addict. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, you know, same tendencies, different substance. Sure, of course. So I am sure that we are going to learn a lot about him, his story, and also his organization, which is called Philly Unknown. The Philly Unknown Project. Correct. Which does amazing work uh, right in the community of Kensington. Yeah, exactly. So it's an outreach program. And actually, and, and I'm sure he's going to discuss this, so I don't want to give away too, too much of it. But uh, if you live in the northern portion of this fine United States of America, you know that the days are getting shorter. Yeah. It's getting colder outside. Mm. Which means that our most at-risk population, the homeless, the addicts, the alcoholics, the people that have nowhere to turn to but the streets, are in dire need of cold weather gear. Yes. So we urge you to go through some of your, you know, gently used items or fairly used or I don't know what sort of happy spin we can put on that. Basically, anything extra that you can afford to part ways with would go really, really far with a homeless person or an addict or an alcoholic. Yeah, or even people in the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, blankets, coats, scarves, gloves, socks, blank anything really. Yeah, shoes, is helpful. boots, even food. You know, I think yeah, that, that especially non perishables. Yeah, exactly. I think that that generally gets overlooked being, you know, the colder months people are thinking about you know, the clothing items. Yeah. Let's not forget, people need to eat, obviously, as well. Sure, of course. So that's equally as important. So, you know, again, if, if you're in the Philadelphia area, you can reach out to Brit's organization or any number of the outreach organizations down in that area. And if you're in South Dakota or Wisconsin or any of the other number of states that are now listening to us, please, you know, find it in your hearts to reach out to some people and offer some help. 
Definitely. That being said, we had a busy week. I am ex- I was off for like almost a week and I'm so tired I can't wait to go back to work. And this particular time, uh, I am not the one who tired her out with my bullshit. Although I'm I mean, sure that, that too, was yeah. mixed <laughs> Played in. a role. Yeah, let's be honest. So we had double funerals this past couple of days. We did. On last Friday, we were up in... Well, I mean, we drove to Mumsy's house up in Worcester. We stayed there. And then we had uh, my aunt's funeral down in Warwick, Rhode Island. Yeah, so we drove up on a Thursday, got there, you know mid to late afternoon on Thursday and we're back in the car driving home Friday by two. Absolutely. So we were there less than 24 hours. Yeah, it was it was a quick turnaround. And we had discussed on the last episode that I was probably going to go alone because, you know, timing may have been an issue with your grandmother. And we'll get into, you know, her story in, in just a little bit. Sure. But we were fortunate enough for all of us to make the trip up there. And we got to introduce Mumsy to the Coco Melon. She does not like the Coco Melon. <laughs> she does not like the it's Coco the Melon. It's the same thing over and over again. We know Mumsy. That's why she likes it. That's, that's why Mumsy was so upset <laughs> she was actually marching through the kitchen circa you know six o'clock at night going a fucking coco melon that fucking coco melon's an asshole <laughs> sure is <laughs> yes alice we're well aware of that thank you for filling us in don't worry after a couple of days you don't even hear it anymore this this is why chris needs to enjoy his several leisure activities to keep him sane my aunt carol passed away she was 76 years old was a lung cancer I was going to say survivor, but unfortunately, (laughs) she did not survive. It's horrible. It's a terrible thing to say, Megan. How dare you? (laughs) And, um, you know, in in a way, I I sort of, and I'm going to sound like a complete asshole right here, which is, again, not shocking to anybody who's tuning in. Yeah. You know, she smoked cigarettes for probably... A majority of her lifetime. Back then, they used to start smoking at like eight years old. Exactly. Like recess was actually a smoke break. And at work. Like they could smoke it's like in the office. Work, the airplane. Yes. Uh, restaurant. Remember the old restaurants? And there used to be like a six inch glass divider. And they were like, do you want smoking or non-smoking? Yes. And you're looking at them like. Does it fucking matter? Sometimes there wasn't even a glass divider. It was just like a separate <laughs> space. Like one table away. It's, oh my God, can you believe we lived in a time where there were smoking sections in restaurants? I know, right? And it, honestly, it wasn't that long ago. No, I mean, I was a kid. I think you could smoke at the ground round in certain tables. Oh, I miss the ground round. I know. I think we brought that up before. Pay by the pound. Frankie would cost us literally seven cents. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. So small. Oh, goodness. So anyways, poor Aunt Carol. Smoker, lifelong. Uh, refused to quit. And I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Do what makes you happy, I guess, even if that compromises your health. I don't think that's the message of this show. No? No. I mean, it's your choice to quit smoking. I don't care if you smoke. Yeah, no, neither do I, obviously. Right. So poor Aunt Carol passed away. May she rest in peace. We missed the luncheon because Alice had to go back to her stupid dogs. I'm still upset about that. I know. You ate Italian food today. I did eat Italian food today, but I ate Italian food today in honor of your grandmother, not my Aunt Carol. I understand. And that's the point of the story, Megan. Okay. It was good to see family, though. It was good to see family. And there were some people that Frankie hadn't met yet, because remember, she's pandemic baby, so it's not like you're going to family reunions. No. 
I'm not I'm not going to a family reunion on my side of the family. You may not be invited. A, a, a vast majority still won't acknowledge my existence. <laughs> but it was good. She got to meet, you know, some cousins and aunt, like people that she had not met before. God bless my mother. What can I say? I was talking to her on Wednesday and I was like, hey, we're, we're actually all going to come up. And I said, we'll be there, you know, mid-Thursday afternoon. Then we're going to do the funeral thing. And then we're going to literally come home, pack our stuff, and then we have to head back down to Philly. Because we had some stuff to do over the weekend as well. Yes. And she's like, that's such a waste of time, Christopher. What are you doing? And I was actually, like, really upset by that. Yeah. You know, part of my new life, I guess, is that we show up. Yes. You know, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how insane driving, you know, six hours up to Massachusetts to stay for 12 hours and then turn right back around. Yeah. And I think that that's quite a bit of growth on my part, because I can assure you 10 years ago, I would never have done that. Yeah. Six years ago, I would have been like, eh, you know what? I, I have stuff to do. And it was really important for you to go up. Like it you was. felt like some sort of way about it that, you know, was positive. And yeah. it was really nice for you to be there for your dad. You know, it, it was I'm glad we went. I am as well. And again, any opportunity to show off Frankie in her beautiful funeral dress is uh, is a good excuse to go anywhere in my book. Which is still in Boston, but that's a whole other part of the story. Also, Alice got very upset because I called her and I was like, hey, I need you to send that dress back down, like, overnight. <laughs> Christopher, that's a waste of money. I'm like, Alice, I don't care. Grandmom can't go in the ground until we get that dress back. She instead? Was, she was not happy. Right, he got a whole new dress. Yeah, so instead I'm I'm going to the mall on Saturday, the King of Prussia Mall. Which, which was insane, you said. Was jammed packed, full yeah. of assholes. I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, I Oh, I guess Mac had a practice in the morning and then a game in the afternoon. Yes, and Chris had, well, hunting with the bird dog. Yeah, and then dress shopping. And then dress shopping. Which you did very successfully, honey. I did. Um, and then we went to my brother's to kind of convene as a family because uh, my grandmother did pass away then uh, last week. And that was the first time we were going to be together since then. Since yes. we had to leave and go to Boston. Correct. Uh, so we went there. And then Sunday was my sister's baby shower. Yes. So my sister's having twins this winter. No. I know for her. Wow. I know. But, that's a lot. You know what? It's another one of those beautiful blessings. Yeah, bless that they don't have to sleep here. Yeah, and we're actually far enough away that they'll never call us and be like, hey, we're going to go out on the town tonight. Do you guys mind coming over? You know what the thing is? I love the idea of twins for someone else. Well, that used to be the best part of having kids is you can like hang out with them for a couple of hours and then bring them back to their parents. Yeah. That's no longer an issue in this house. Because we own them. Yeah. They come home here. They do. I know. <laughs> they come back here to charge every night. I know. They should tell you that, you know? <laughs> when you, you know, when you embark on that journey. Just so you know, this one's yours every night. 2 a.m., still yours. So anyway, we had her baby shower, which was so joyful. But it was the first time we had seen a lot of people since my grandmother died. So it was also very emotional. Yes. Um, so it was, a, you know, another long day. And then today 
we had my grandmother's funeral. So we're spent. Yeah. Very, very Emotionally, tired. physically exhausted. All of the above. I have to say, though, today was really beautiful. It was. It was actually not only a beautiful ceremony, it was a beautiful fall day in yeah. Pennsylvania. There was a massive turnout. Yeah, tons of people. You know, and, and credit to, you know, credit to your family for throwing that all together. Even, again, like we're on the, the back end of the pandemic and some people are still like, eh. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I'm ready to go out. Which Understandable. Which is absolutely fine. You know, but such... Such an amazing thing to see all those people come out to support, you know, your family, your parents specifically. Well, and I said that to Chris. I'm like, that really speaks to who people were, to who she was, uh, to who my family is, you know, my parents. Just like the amount of people that came out to show their love and support. Mm. I, I think that really is a measure of your life. Uh, you know, of who you were, of what you gave to others, of lives you touched. So it it really was special. And so I'm super blessed because I had grandparents up until 37 years old. Like, that's pretty incredible. That's awesome. I lost my dad's parents a couple years back. And then my grandfather, my mom's father, three years ago. And then, so this was kind of like, I don't know, the grand finale. I know that sounds sad, but that's it. You know, I'm done having grandparents. That's kind of a weird place to be for me. And I grew up with a very, very close family, and I was very close with both sets of my grandparents. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandmother that just died, I, we grew up a mile away from them. Which is so, amazing. Yeah, they moved, you know, a mile away from us when I was in second grade. We saw them several times a week. When I would get home from school, if my mom wasn't home, I'd call my grandmom's house. Is mom there? Because she would often stop by on the way home from work. And we sat today, Was we sat in church at the church that we went to with them in the fourth pew, which we sat in every Sunday for 20 years of my life <laughs> at 8 a.m. mass. I was telling Chris about this. I'm like, there was no option. It was 8 a.m. mass every Sunday. Didn't matter what you had, what you were doing, you went. And we did. And then there was breakfast after. So then we went and sat and ate with my grandparents every single Sunday, like that is so special. And then we were Italian, so Sunday dinner commenced a couple hours after that. But it just, you know, it was really incredible. Like, I got very special time with my grandparents. Um, you know, I've talked about this. We talked about it on the first episode a couple years ago when my life fell apart. I was living at my parents' beach house for the summer, and my grandparents were there for six weeks. I ate three meals a day with them and I helped, you know, care for my grandfather at the time because he wasn't, you know, his health was failing. And I just I got to have conversations with them that were so personal, so telling of who they were. I just I learned more about them, even though that I grew up a mile away. You know, when you're living with someone, you really, you know, you do. I just I, I'm very blessed to have had that time. And, you know, at the end, I got time with them too and time with everyone and then time by myself I spent you know some time there just me and you know it's really special so like I said it's kind of the end of an era it is uh, unfortunately it, it definitely is and it's also that last generation of I, I don't want to say like the first wave of immigrants that moved over here 
you know, and and started their lives from literally nothing. Your grandmother moved over here. She was, what, 19 years old? No, 17 or 18. 17, 18 years old. Didn't speak any English, came through Ellis Island. I mean, it was so funny. We went on a family cruise, like, when my grandpa turned, like, 65 or something. And my grandma was like, I am not going on the boat. The last time I was on a boat, I got so seasick. We're like, this one's a little bit different. (laughs) There's like, you know, a midnight buffet every night. Like it's you don't have to drive with the steerage this time. We're going to get you a nice stateroom. You know, like she was so afraid. It was so funny, you know, but that's what she remembered it as. Just really incredible. And she was just an incredible woman. They both were um, just incredible people. But I mean, she was self-made and she was brilliant, even though never formally educated and just you know, I mean, I could take a whole episode and talk about her, but I won't. But um, I know she'd be proud of us doing this. Yes, absolutely. She was not a listener. I don't think she could have heard us. No, <laughs> but that's all right. I mean, maybe if we transcribed the show, but I, no, I don't. She couldn't, she, well, she couldn't read but English, but she also couldn't see because she had the macular gen- degeneration at the end. Well, if the bird dog transcribe it in Braille. <laughs> she loved us, you know, um unconditionally so that was beautiful and very touching thank you you're welcome all right you want to change gears a little bit yeah. and we'll talk about something not so depressing yeah that sounds like a good plan all right cool so let's talk about the double standard of this marriage oh boy i can't even wait to hear your like insane perspective that's incorrect but go on please enlighten us honey oh i certainly will darling can't wait so we got an email from a listener i don't know it was earlier in the week either way Thank you, said listener, for reaching out. Should we say her name? No. So she sent us this really long email, and I guess Megan had read it first. I was probably, in full disclosure, I was probably still sleeping. Yeah, definitely. If we're going to be honest. So I rolled. It was before 9 a.m. I was going to say, I rolled downstairs in my unicorn bathrobe circa 11.30 (laughs) a.m. And Megan's like, do you see the email? I was like, no, what email? She's like, oh. It's probably some girl you went to high school with and banged. So nothing like that actually ever happens. He hears this in his mind. Check the Nest Cam. <laughs> You're so full of shit. I'm just saying. All right, whatever. Check the Nest Cam. Okay. So the email goes on to say, you know, thank you, obviously, for the podcast. I absolutely love the banter between you two and... You can tell that you guys just have this insane, incredible emotional connection, which we honestly really do. We really do. A lot of what you hear on this podcast, like the shitting on each other and the banter exchanges back and forth is kind of like what we do in real life. Yeah, no, it's exactly what we do in real life. And and sometimes, actually more often than not, it's just as inappropriate if we are sitting on the couch or down here in the studio or at dinner with your family, yeah. or, you know, at the opera, or any number of places that we happen to be. We just, we certainly ride that line of inappropriateness. Definitely. So it opens with, hello, my favorite podcasters. Megan, I went to high school with Chris, and you and I met for 17 seconds at a family member's christening a few years ago. I thought you were awesome then, and even more so now that I've gotten to quote-unquote know you through the episodes. I'm a huge fan, absolutely love the show, the dynamics, and the cause. Out of curiosity, do you think it's easier or harder to be in recovery and married to someone in recovery? I imagine 
it's so beneficial to have the support from someone who can relate so much, but also perhaps difficult in a lot of ways. Would love to hear your thoughts. You want me to go first? I do want you to go first. Okay. I want you to set the stage, darling. So I, it's probably harder, but hmm. I think for us, it's necessary. Does that make sense? Ooh. You like that? I do. So Chris actually said to me, this was a while back. I don't know if we were married or what, but when we were talking about dating and people you dated or could you date or blah, 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 all the other Tinders that came before me. Swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> I was like, um, something about, did you ever go on any dates with any normal people? Or I don't know. And Chris was like, I knew that I had to marry someone in recovery. I don't think I used the word marry. Be with. Much better. Yeah, I don't know if you were like, I mean. Actually, how about smash? No, because I think that could have gone either way. They didn't have to be in recovery. Berate? No. <laughs> Defile? He's so full of shit because just so you know, it was like date number two where I I said to Chris like, or no, you know, no, it's date number one. Afterwards, I was like, so what happens next? You know, like all cute and flirty. He's like, I was thinking we could, um, you know, fall in love, get married, have a couple kids and live happily ever after. I think you're high. That's exactly what you said. I, I Not even close, dude. Literally verbatim. Not even close. A hundred percent. And I was like, all right, um, I was thinking maybe just coffee again next week. Word for word. I'm going to have to scroll back four years of text messages, but I'm going to find it. Check the Nest Cam. <laughs> he used to be kind of sweet. Used to. Yeah. Kind of. lie, just trying to get me in bed. That's right. And, you know. Keys to your parents' beach house. And able to, like, get on a bank account. Which is still a challenge to this day, but that's neither here nor there. Can you just answer the fucking question? Okay, so what I said was, I think it's harder, but I think it's necessary. Chris had said to me at some point, I knew I had to be with someone in recovery. So why did you know you had to be with someone in recovery? Because I actually think we both think this, but for different reasons. Because it's quite literally the only option for me. Yeah. Like, I am a walking resentment machine. <laughs> so, like, if you are a normal person and, you know, your breasts are at the appropriate level and the ass is like, I still would hate the shit out of you if you're sitting on the couch throwing back a couple of glasses of wine responsibly like a normal fucking human being. Really? Yes. So and I also, even when I was drinking... Had an extremely low tolerance for like the basic bitch that took two sips of Bud Lights and was like throwing up on the bar. Like I, I cannot stand that childish sort of behavior, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like smoking. I like smoking. I don't like the smell of someone else smoking. That's fair. Right? It's kind of like the same thing. Like, you liked being super drunk, but if you're sober, you don't really want to see the drunk people. I actually, I don't mind... You know, now that I'm sober, it, again, it, it's way different if we are going out to a work function or a social function or something like that, and there's people enjoying adult beverages as they were intended to, right? Yes. I'm, I'm okay with that. Even, you know, again, the basic bitch does get kind of annoying rather quickly, mm -hmm. but I don't have to go home to that. It would actually bother you more that they could have two glasses of wine and be fine. I've said that about your mom uh, on more than one occasion. Yeah, you're super resentful. Yes. 
And so I funny. absolutely love and adore your mother. And I'm not saying that because she, I mean, she told us point blank she's not a listener. So that's fine. Like, I don't, yeah. need, I don't need to kiss her ass in that aspect. Sure. I will kiss her ass in many other ways, but not that particular avenue. It, it actually bothers me that somebody can be that broad or that version of normal, you know? So yours is because you're super resentful. That's definitely a part of it. Uh-huh. Again, the behaviors is what bothers me. Also think that, and again, maybe that's just me. Uh, it's that sort of, you know, Megan says that I'm very good at projecting. But mm-hmm. I think that there's also, from my viewpoint, my standpoint, you know, when I used to drink, I think that opened the door to a lot of immoral behavior. Yes. You know, and that's, that's I think that's a legitimate concern from, you know, an insecure 40-year-old balding man. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. You are super um, suspicious. Absolutely. Yeah, like Chris is like nuts. Oh, without question. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, I was just, you know. (laughs) But anyway. So I think it's funny. So mine is for a different reason. It's not because I would be suspicious. Well, you're allowed to have a different rationale for this. Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. I think that's the point. Yeah. So I'm going to say why mine's different. Mine is different because I look down on you. No, actually... Not that at all. I was going to say mine is completely different, and then I was going to talk about how they're the same. Oh, okay. Okay, or like what makes them relatable. Sure. So mine has nothing to do with resentments. I'm actually not that super resentful, believe it or not. Mine has to do with, now today may be a different story with some time under my belt with working a program, but when we met and started dating, someone sober was my only option because anyone else I would have a hundred percent manipulate it into it being okay for me to have a drink I see I would have exploited that and justified it and I justified it I would have been able to convince them that it was okay sure so for me and I, I that may not have just been someone sober that may just have been you in particular that I needed because you held me accountable Anyone else, I'm telling you, I can be quite charming when I want to. And I would have been like, no, it's really okay. I only went to rehab because, you know, that whole DUI thing, it's not that bad. Just say. And then like three dates in, they'd be like, well, it's worse than that bad. But I mean, she's kind of fun. It's all right. You know what I mean? So I think for me that I knew the level of my manipulation, where it could be when I was wanting to drink and then I wasn't strong enough at the time what do you mean wasn't strong enough I wouldn't have been strong enough to be with someone that was able to sit and drink yeah so like I understand that but what is what does that mean I would have picked right up with them okay you know what I mean like I was not in a place in my sobriety where that would have been an option for me where you could like go hang out with the boys at the bar after work and just no. You know, be normal and drink Shirley Temples. Yeah, which is probably why you shouldn't date for like a good one to two years after you get sober. But, you know, here we were 90 days in. That's, I don't know, just happened, I guess. But anyway, I think <laughs> where they're similar is like it definitely speaks to our character defects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be with someone sober that 
has character defects that they recognize so that they can call me out on mine. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I think in that sense, that's why it's necessary. It doesn't make it easier. In fact, I think it makes it harder. Yes. Um, And I think it makes it harder because, number one, we're both flawed individuals. Without question. So, you know, that sucks. And then number two, Chris and I are very similar. Ah. Yes. Sometimes when we see the similarities, and this is where I always say he's projecting, we're also both irrational. That's one of the ways we're similar. Yeah, I think that we can... Again, even with some time under our belts, we can definitely still make mountains out of molehills. Yeah, we can catastrophize it. And this is where, again, the birth of this podcast was actually super beneficial to our relationship, to our alcoholism, but more importantly, I think, to our lack of communication. Absolutely. Because, again, we we talk about this all the time, on-air, off-air, A lot of the struggles and the issues and the butting of heads in this household could have easily been resolved if I may speak for the both of us for one minute here. If we had just, you know, checked our pride at the door or shut the fuck up and listened more instead of trying to argue or prove that you're right versus I'm right and back and forth and blah, blah, blah. Like if we just had an honest, emotional, intelligent conversation and worked our issues out that way. We wouldn't blow 72 hours on a turkey leg. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So we are two flawed individuals with next to nothing coping mechanisms. Which is why we're alcoholics. Yes. So it presents its challenges daily. It it does. Absolutely. And again, while we have gotten better than we used to be, I think that's sort of the running theme with this podcast is that there is still a ton of room for growth. I think if I can be so bold to assume Mm -hmm. that there is always going to be a ton of room for growth. Well, and- Everyone. So I think that is why it's better that we're both sober because we both commit to this higher quality of life. We both work the same program. We work it differently, but we both adhere to the same 12 steps. Right. So we both have the same model for living. Um, And that's huge. And we both want more out of our life. And that doesn't mean bigger career aspirations or a bigger house or like horses in the backyard. I mean, Chris Uh, wants horses, I'm sure. But it means like a more fulfilled life, a more authentic life, a more, you know, all those things that we strive for every day. So that's what makes it better because we both have the same, I don't know, goals, life goals, ideals. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And we've both made that commitment that no matter how caught up we get in our own individual and our mutual bullshit is that we will strive to do better and address the issues or what have you, figure out where we went wrong and try to not necessarily repeat that process over and over and over again. So I always say like the my favorite thing about being in recovery is knowing that like I've never reached the pinnacle like every day is Mm. a new opportunity 
to do better, to learn something about myself, to learn something about someone else, to make amends, to better myself somehow emotionally, spiritually. Maybe one day I'll exercise physically, but Hmm. like, you know, really to kind of live a better life. So I think... I think we both subscribe to that. We are never going to be at the pinnacle, which is awesome because it means every day there's room for growth. I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I I think that's kind of, you know, the gist of it, right? Yeah. So um, we gave basically three non-answers for that. It's necessary, it's harder, but it's better. Yes, I agree. And it's funny because I don't know if everyone feels that way and that's cool too. I mean, what works for us definitely isn't going to work for I mean well we're we're like really fucked up people so what works for us isn't going to work for pretty much anybody else we're the exception not the norm I think we got lucky in that we have you know the right mix of that you know je ne sais quoi if you will Mm -hmm. Um, but again don't don't misconstrue that for like we have it easy and we just live this I mean we do live an amazing life but it it does come at a cost. Well, and, and that it, cost is all of the stumbling blocks that we've encountered on the road to where we are today. Yeah, and if we would have met 5 years ago, I would have killed you. We would have still probably had some chemistry tore up the town together and it would have ended horribly. Oh yeah. And we pro- we would have never gotten to this point. I would have left a trail of tears over in North Wales. I would have broken your heart. Your mother and father love me. Just wait. If I met you years ago, they would have been like that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I would have killed him. <laughs> True story. But uh So that's I think that's the best, you know, non-answer answer that we're going to be able to provide. Yeah, it's all we got. I think that was generally enlightening, no? I think so, too. Yeah. And then she closed off her email with, Chris, for what it's worth, you're a really fucked up individual. You should probably see a therapist. It's incredibly beneficial. How's that search going? It's not. I mean, there's there's no shame in my game whatsoever. I think that any help that can be provided is obviously a good thing, not only for me and my mental headspace, but also for us as a couple. Yeah. I also think that speaking to a neutral third party, because again, something else that we're not good at is taking criticism. Absolutely. You know, sometimes we get super defensive over something that wasn't meant to be offensive. Definitely. Again, we turn mountains into molehills. And we're not paying anti-gay pay to listen to our petty arguments and choose a side. No. Or any of your girlfriends. Right, or... exactly. But that's who's hearing it now. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, I speak to, you know, my sponsor. I speak to other people in the program. But I also think that there's a very fine line that I don't necessarily speak to people in the program about. I'm not going to say my personal life because obviously that does play a role in it. But I don't necessarily dig into Like the relationship type stuff. Yeah. Because like, you know, I sponsor people and it's not my job to tell you if you were right or your girlfriend was right or whatever. I just, I think it's it's super important to have a neutral third party, not necessarily tell me who's right and who's wrong, but to figure out a different way to communicate through that issue. Well, and so here's the other thing too, right? The reason that this works like AA and stuff like that is because it's alcoholics helping other alcoholics because we think the same way. Yes. Right? Maybe it's not bad to have a perspective of someone that thinks differently. 
I could not disagree with you or could not agree with you more. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to that mental health aspect. I agree. So the search continues. I will have more updates for you folks later. I'm looking forward to it. I certainly am. You know, it's funny. So right now with COVID, there's still like because, you know, what came out of COVID was a ton of like virtual visits. And now people are like making a whole business out of it. But I feel like virtual therapy is not going to work for you. No, you're going to need the whole experience. Chris is going to have to go. He's going to one of his like qualifying questions is going to be like, do you have a couch? Not only that, but if the, you know, there's, again, you can Google any service that you want and there's, you know, 85 different pictures, things like that. I've actually looked through the pictures at what I think would be the most comfortable couch. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how I'm looking for a therapist. Chris is like, can I get a floor plan and a virtual tour of the office first? (laughs) What are your beverage options? Is that couch from Raymore Flanagan, or is that a Michelin Gold couch? Is there only a water cooler, or do you have soft drinks? (laughs) These are all going to be important things. He's going to want the full experience. Absolutely. As long as it's under our insurance provider, honey, have at it. And why not, right? That's what it's for. It is. It is what it's for. It's to make you a more tolerant person. Now let's thank the sponsors. <laughs> okay. Marlene Graphics, MarleneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And RealTurnABaby.com, RealTurnABaby.com for all of your real estate needs. Also, I cannot say this. I, I mean, I will say it 10,000 times. I'm literally going to beat the shit out of this dead horse. Thank you so much to the listeners. Thank you for all the feedback that we are getting. Again, you can always reach us at soimarriedanalcoholic at gmail.com. You can like, listen, follow, share any of our Facebook posts or Instagram posts or TikTok stuff that we put up, all of which is So I Married an Alcoholic. It's super easy. And that being said, say goodnight, darling. Actually, wait a minute. Things to look forward to. Yes. Again, we have Britt James coming on next week. Really, really want you all to have a listen to that. I think he's going to be an incredible guest. I think he's got an incredibly powerful story to tell. Super inspiring guy. And an awesome resource and a great place for people to get involved. That's right. You know, we hear from a lot of families, loved ones, people in recovery that want to help. There's people out there that want to help. And sometimes I think it's intimidating to figure out how. Yes, absolutely. And it's, I mean, again, it's a very, you know, confusing system to learn how to navigate. Yeah, but they have a ton of volunteer opportunities and You know, he just has good ideas on how you can help in your everyday life. Absolutely. So really excited to have him on. I think that's it. You got anything else, darling? No. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you're struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.